Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. My name is John Kelly. I'm here with Jeremiah Stringer of YouTube fame, the regionally famous friend of mine. (laughs) How's it going, man? It's going fantastic, man. Great to be here. Excellent. It's always good to be here. Yeah. It's always good to be here. If you're watching online, you can see my really cool shirt that my wife got me. This is the Darth Face. The Darth Face. Yes. Yeah. Check us out on uh, YouTube, the Backpacking yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Check us out. This is, uh, I love this because I'm a, I'm a total Star Wars nerd. Oh, me too, man. To- have you been watching the, the Bad Batch? I'm not as big. Remember, uh, we had Matthew Treese on, and y'all talked a lot about Star Wars. And we figured out that you're definitely a bigger Star Wars nerd than me. Well, I just didn't 100%. know if you picked up your game since then. No, nope, so. not a chance. I'm oh. I'm waiting on the next season of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, the Book of uh, Boba. Well, that's like a separate... It's my understanding that's like a separate uh, Disney series no. that runs alongside the Mandalorian. That, that's not what they're doing, I don't oh, think. I think, no. I think that I is going to be both. the Mandalorian this year. Really? I think I think so. So they're done with the Mandalorian. Well, no, no. The, the, he'll come back, but I think this season of it's going to be more focused on Boba Fett, but the Mandalorian will be in it with him. I don't like that, Disney. If you're listening, y'all need to change it up. I'm sure they're listening. They're not listening I guarantee. <laughs> they guarantee. could care less. <laughs> Every one of them is listening right now. But I do like the shirt, man. Yeah, the this was a Christmas face. present. You know what's great about this shirt? What's that? So my wife got this for me for Christmas. Uh-huh. I could not wear this shirt. And it's still a touch tight. I mean, uh-huh. it's still a touch tight, but I can wear it now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you lose you 60 plus pounds. Oh, it feels soft. That's yeah, nice. It's made in China. China. They that's why, that's why it's the wrong size when I got it. All my stuff's made in China. I know, this man. microphone, my computer. <laughs> I thought these were made in like uh, Australia or something. You know what? You're right. I retract my statement. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Rode makes their mics in Australia. So Now, this clip is probably made in China because it was a cheap knockoff thing that we bought. Everything but this microphone <laughs> <laughs> is made in China. <laughs> Not really. Oh, man. Well, hey, let, speaking of made in, uh-huh. uh, today I want to talk about cottage companies mm-hmm. versus mainstream, more big box brand companies and just kind of share our thoughts on both. Uh, I would dare say we both, I could be wrong on this and you could tell me if I'm wrong uh-huh. and I'm okay with that. It wouldn't be the first time you've told me I'm wrong, but, uh, I don't think either one of us is against either one, mm-hmm. but I would say we probably lean towards one or the other. Um, but I think both have a lot of value and if you don't have either one, mm-hmm. we got a problem. I think that, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe you make all your own gear. Oh, uh, MYOG. There it is. That's awesome. Yeah. MYOG. So... Let's preface, I think, this episode by saying... You mean preface? Yeah. Is that is that how you say it? Yeah, it's preface. Let's preface this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I say something real quick that's yeah, really funny? This is, so I put out a, uh, some pictures not too long ago because I took my little girl out camping with me. I think we uh-huh. talked about it in a past episode, but um, got a really cool North Face tent. Uh-huh. And it's a six-person tent. No, 
Six it's a six or it's six or eight. It's a six person tent. Sounds big. It's extremely big. It was on purpose mm-hmm. because it's a it's a car camping family tent. So my whole family can fit in it. And you can walk on the inside of this thing. It is 80 inches tall in the middle. Wow. And even it's, I almost, can walk in there. it's almost a flat roof. Like, it's really nice. But uh, <laughs> it's got a huge vestibule in the front of it. Mm-hmm. And Bryce uh, Newbold made a comment on the picture. He goes, I really like the vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will find that very funny. You get it. Um, but if you haven't, uh, we've had a joke probably going for a year now of the way Jeremiah says vestibule and it's just kind of become funny. And now it's like bled into other people commenting on it. So, well, really it's a joke about how John is a linguistic racist. I am a linguistic <laughs> racist. That's the real, what is it? Jason calls that. He calls it, I'm sorry, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. He calls it Appalachian racist. Yeah. Yeah. Appalachian racism. Appalachian racism. So or, even though I was born more in Appalachia than he was, I was born in West Virginia, bro. Yeah, but how long did you spend in the Appalachians? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was born there, bro. It's in my blood. I'm not sure that's the way it works, man. It's in my... I've lived I've lived in Kentucky longer than you have. Yeah, but I'm only 28. Doesn't matter. I still lived here longer than you have. <laughs> that's true. It's shaped culturally. <laughs> <laughs> you can... <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I talk about the gear? Well, before we do that, I, I want to give a shout out to somebody real quick. Okay. Because we got a really cool uh, text message earlier. Um, this is from Jeremy LaCroix. Yeah, Jeremy uh, LaCroix. LaCroix from Midwest Backpacker. Yeah. And he said, uh, I put in a good plug for the backpacking podcast in the video I put out today. So now this oh. is probably two or three weeks after that video, but go look for his video. Um, I was listening to a couple of your podcasts while having a rough hiking day on Saturday. You said in the podcast to legend that his humor just made a hiker smile. It did. And then it's the emoji with the sunglasses on. So we've been saying for a long time, Uh we've been saying for a long time that the reason we do this podcast is to put smiles on people's faces. Yeah. that's the mission. So we got, we got that from, from Jason or Jeremy. So that's really cool that he said that. Yeah. It's a bit ironic though, that we just spent, uh, in a recent episode, spent the whole time complaining. <laughs> <laughs> spent the whole time talking about stuff that ticks off backpackers. Just got to, we just sat there and got angry, <laughs> and then made other people angry. <laughs> yeah. somebody's, somebody's out on the on the trail right now, and they're like, "I gotta go look that episode up because I've never heard him be angry before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was gonna say about this episode is that John. I think that he had this idea about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, this idea. Oh, it's been, it's been at least 20. 20 minutes? Yeah, we've just been hanging out doing nothing. But we don't have anything really rehearsed, and I, I have no. no, we have no plan in place for what specifically we're talking about when it comes to these companies and literally how they do anything. Well, and this all came from the fact that our next episode after this one mm-hmm. is with Taysen from Outdoor Vitals. Yeah, or and, and it's the episode before this one, depending on how we uh, publish them. Either way, yeah, it, we're getting ready to talk to Taysen today. Yeah, and so he works. He owns and founded Outdoor mm-hmm. Vitals, which is a cottage brand mm-hmm. of backpacking gear. And I was making the comment during us talking about it in the last podcast that his gear doesn't. It is cottage, but it's so well done. It doesn't have that cottage feel to it necessarily. And that's yeah. not a bad thing or a good thing either way. It's just, it feels very, 
very professional. Yeah. It feels like you're buying something from like outdoor research or mountain hardware or something like that. Yeah. Like he's there. They have created some really good gear over the last year, especially they've always made decent gear. Yeah. And that's not, it's not a slight on their stuff in the past at all, but it's been awesome to watch that company grow. Sure. And if you know me, I'm a huge fan of cottage companies. Right. I love supporting cottage brands. I actually just did a video uh, talking about that um, with backpacks recently, just talking about the different backpacks you can buy. And mm. one of the things I said is I love supporting cottage brands. I love watching startup companies uh, get a rub and, and get the opportunity to uh, make something out of themselves. Where, you know, because Osprey, Gregory, companies like that, mm-hmm. they were all cottage at one point. Yeah. Like every big company started out as a cottage company. Right. And then eventually they just expanded to the point. Like ZPAX is really close to stopping being a cottage company. Yeah. They're just growing massively. I mean, they've got a warehouse full of people working now. Yeah. And before too long, uh, they're just not going to be considered cottage because they're just so, they're going to get so big. Yeah. We and, talked about a little bit about that in the past about um, like where is the line. Right. For. When you go from cottage to big box or whatever you want to refer to them as, I'll call them big box, but yeah, you know, something like an Osprey or Deuter or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I wonder how many people, let's say that you took YouTube out of the equation. Cause I think that's the biggest pushing factor is like social media when it comes to people discovering new gear or like right. how to backpack or how to right. do whatever. Right. You know, right. If you were to remove that from the equation or leave it in, I wonder what percentage of people start with big box versus start with cottage. I think it's almost exclusively go to REI or whatever outdoor yeah. store is local to you. And you walk up to a guy and you say, Hey, I'm, I've heard about, Whatever. But I don't even say a lot or... of people aren't even going to REI because they don't even know about it. Because if you don't, if you're not already into backpacking and you take social media and you take uh-huh. YouTube out of the equation, go to Walmart, buy Walmart, the... Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, places like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not saying you can't buy good gear from those places. You can. Yeah. Um, it'll have a time limit on how long you can use some of that stuff. Now, yeah. Dick's, Dick's would be a little bit better. I think but... you can buy perfectly good gear. It's just most of the time it's, it's not really tailored to you and it's usually a little bit heavier it's a little bit heavier and honestly the quality isn't always there like outdoor products if you buy something that's outdoor products from walmart yeah those backpacks will fall apart after a while like if you put them through some yeah. of the stuff that we do with backpacking they wouldn't last yeah um and that's not a slight on them they're not charging hardly anything. it's like a 25 dollar backpack yeah you're gonna get 25 dollars out of that easy like you're gonna get your money's worth out of what sure. you buy and so it's not a slight on the gear it's just um if you don't have those things, you're not going to know anything else. You're just going to be like, okay, so what is that person using? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're using an Osprey. I'm going to use an Osprey. When I bought my first backpack, I bought an Osprey Stratus 50 liter. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it was an Osprey backpack, and I thought everybody used Osprey backpacks, so I thought that was what I should buy. <laughs> I think most people do use Osprey. Oh, I think yeah. that if you were to, to, if you were to survey people that backpack, what percent of them have an Osprey? I bet the highest percentage, even though it may only be whatever, 8% of backpackers use Osprey. I bet that it is, 
if not the highest, it is like top five. I, I would say it's probably the highest because I, I know most backpackers that I've talked to, and I say most because mm-hmm. it's not going to be all. It's never sure. going to be all. But I would say 75% of the backpackers I've talked to, they all have at least one Osprey pack. Yeah. At I, least one. I have one. Do you have one? I have two. Yeah, see? I have an Atmos and I have a Stratus. Oh, yeah. Bridget has one. So does that mean I have two of them? I don't know. Marital property. Marital property. The two became one. Now you yeah. have two backpacks. Or is it? No, I think that she has two. I think I have one and she has two. So you got three. No. In your house. No. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Because what's, what's your hers is yours is hers and what's yours is hers. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Not. You got that right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dad jokes. I love it. I love it. So. Um, so. I would say like big box brands. Mm-hmm especially for beginner backpackers are fantastic. Oh yeah. Get I your think feet they're wet. fantastic. And even for experienced backpackers, like just because it's not cottage doesn't mean it, it's bad. Like I, I think there's a, there's a real struggle with, especially with YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think YouTube, one of the things about YouTube that's great is you can hear about gear. You're just not going to hear about otherwise. It's the exposure. Yeah. You get and and we're getting comp, we're getting contacted by companies all the time mm-hmm. to share about stuff. You are. I know. Not as I much never as you. do. Not as much as you. But I mean, no, I think that you. I don't want to hear that. I know better than that. <laughs> I know better than that. I'm half the channel you are. Quite literally, half the channel no. you are. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We 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 get this stuff to to check out, uh-huh. and if we like it, we may do a video on it. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't ever promise videos. Typically, I, I just don't promise videos. Yeah. Um, Waymark gave me the Waymark Mile. Mm-hmm. And when they offered it to me, the promise was made. We don't expect a video. Mm-hmm. We just want to hear your thoughts on the on the backpack. Yeah, you know, which is great. And I've done a couple of videos on my channel, and the Waymark has been in the videos. I've never done like a, just a Waymark review mm-hmm. because, quite honestly, I've only had it for a couple months. I haven't had enough time to like. I'd rather do a year review on a backpack. Sure, because backpacks you can review them after two months, but you haven't done enough with it. Yeah, oftentimes you know. might have only used it. A few times. Yeah. You know, if you're somebody that gets out once a month, would say, yeah. then you're only, your review is really not a review, it's initial impressions. Right. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to do a review on it anytime soon. I may do a review after a year, mm-hmm. but I have put it in a couple of videos that I use it and here's what's, what's yeah. in it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but those are the things that help people find out about cottage brands. Sure. Like, let's, let's just be honest, Chicken Tramper, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I found them by accident online like somebody had commented about them on one of my videos yeah what'd they say they just said i have a chicken tramper ul 45 backpack and it's awesome Mm -hmm. i'm like chicken tramper what the heck is that so i look it up find them and i mention it to you hey what do you think about bringing this cottage company on we interview them and talk about their backpacks i have no clue about either of these guys yeah, I think they're out of Jackson, Michigan yeah out of michigan pretty sure jackson is uh ugq oh they're up in the the upper peninsula it's not Lancaster. I can't remember. I can't but, remember either. But they, uh, great guys. Yeah. Had an awesome time talking to them on the podcast. But what we did on that podcast is we gave them a platform and they made quite a few sales because of that, which mm-hmm. means we got to help them out. Yeah. Which is great. But does that necessarily mean that their product is better than Osprey? Or does that mean that their product is better than ULA or Waymark or, uh, you know, Z packs yeah, or hyperlight mountain gear, or, you know, there's, there's so many cottage companies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think, 
what do you think the benefits are to a cottage brand? And we'll do backpacks for right now because that's that's mm-hmm. where we're kind of we're at right now. What do you think the the advantages to a cottage company backpack are as opposed to a big brand backpack and vice versa? I think that it it really the first thing that comes to mind is like when it comes to a new backpacker, if you go with the big box, I feel like it it opens up um the avenue for if if it is a mistake in purchasing it, it's not a big deal to swap it as well as the warranty. Return it, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cuz like if you if you get a backpack from Walmart, I'm not sure that they'll take it back if you've used it. But if you get it from a lot of other companies, especially yeah, Osprey, like REI, Gregory, yeah, REI. If you just if you just buy it from a big box store, oftentimes those stores will take it back, but even more importantly, if it tears up, a lot of times, let's say I'm a gear maker and I am a solo guy and I'm a cottage company. Of course, they're all different tiers on the cottage companies from huge to one person working part time. Yep. It, it could be a lot harder for me to get a repair done if if I'm a new backpacker or just I bought a cottage backpack and I've, I'm like, okay, this buckle broke. Can you fix it? Yeah, just send it to me. Well, I don't know what their lead time is on making backpacks, let alone fixing things that were problems. Right. But if I bought an Osprey, you know, I can mail it to them, get it back. And especially if you're like in a hurry, like I had a North Face tent that I needed back within two weeks for a trip and something was damaged on it that wasn't my fault. Right. And... They mailed it right back. They're like, yeah, we'll rush it. We'll pay shipping here. We'll pay shipping back. And we'll rush it. And then it got there, you know, well before the trip. And a lot of times with the backpacks, you can take it back to the outfitter you went to. Mm-hmm. And they'll just replace it right there. Yeah, here you go. Here's a new one. Yeah, I, I had a pair of Solomon boots mm-hmm. that, uh, like, the one of the eye holes popped out, like, six months into owning them. Just mm-hmm. the eye hole. Not even the, I mean, just fell apart. And uh, so I took it in, gave it to them, and they... And I mean, they, they didn't have the boots in stock, so they just took it and said, we'll, be, we'll have the boots here in two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to come in, you can get them, or if you want to give us your address, we can ship them to your house. And I said, well, just get them here, and I'll come pick them up, because that was always going to be quicker. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they literally, in two days, they had my boots there. Yeah, and a lot of uh, people that are doing startups, you, you you almost can't afford, I feel like, to to have bad customer service, but you also can't afford to be like, Oh, this person needs the backpack in three days. I'm gonna rush deliver, rush ship them a replacement backpack and right. get there. Like you, it's not in the cards to do that. Exactly, sometimes. you're right. You know, especially if you're just getting started, it may not be a big deal for a company like Z Packs or Outdoor Vitals or something like that. You know, if you're a multi million dollar company, right? But you look at something like Chicken Tramper where they're in a kitchen. Yeah. And they're just kind of building, just two guys building backpacks. Yeah. And it may, there probably is not a backpack sitting there on a shelf that they can be like, here, let me just ship this one to. It's like, no, I have to take the next week. Yeah. And put together these five backpacks. Well, Ben McMillan at Hilltop Packs when he started, Mm -hmm. you know, they, it was just him and like two or three other people. Yeah. And now he's got eight or nine people, you know, but there's still just eight or nine people Mm -hmm. putting out backpacks and food bags and, all kinds of Dyneema products and all this yeah. stuff that he's sending out. And it's, it's a lot. And to have a warranty 
like they do on an Osprey backpack mm-hmm. is near impossible for a cottage company. No, because your lifetime warranty on an Osprey, that thing's going to wear out if you keep using it and you can get it replaced. Yep. But if you buy a Dyneema backpack and you're through hiking and you take it on two through hikes and it's worn out, you're going to have to buy a new pack. The owner of the business can't replace. I mean, it's so expensive. Dyneema, they're going to take yeah. a loss. The, that's the other thing about your your cottage companies. What What's great and what is also, I, won't, I don't want to necessarily say a negative, mm-hmm. but you're talking expensive materials. Sure. X-Pack, uh, this, uh, your, uh, we just talked about Dyneema, mm-hmm. and now this new material that's coming out right now that they're using. What's uh, the new material? Oh, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called now, but there's a new material that's starting to be used. Huh. Um, you got any I think, idea? I think uh, Hunter from Hunter's Trip has a backpack <laughs> made out of it. Uh, but but the, it's just another material that is ultra light, super strong. You yeah. know, and it's not cheap is the thing is those those fabrics aren't cheap. And so to make that backpack, the man hours and the, fe- the materials to make them mm-hmm. are just more expensive than it is for the big box brand. Yeah. And they're probably not getting as big of a markup at the cottage brand as what oh. they are with a company like Osprey. No, and the bigger companies, the uh, big box, they can um, they can get a bigger markup because first you're selling them in mass, like you're mass producing them. Right, So you're right. selling thousands and thousands of them. As where the, the cottage companies are typically, I feel like kind of tailored to sometimes even custom like for instance ugq they're a cottage company they're getting bigger and bigger and right. at some point they're going to be just like z-packs and you're going to have to outsource some of that stuff absolutely or yeah. you're going to have to hire a lot more people and have like a factory when i'm talking to chad they want if if they could just offer more jobs for their community they're the ones in jackson you mm-hmm. know if they can offer more jobs to people in jackson michigan they're going to do it right because he wants to be an opportunity for people sure and that that also gives you uh, a little bit more power when it comes to quality control. Right. That that's what I was going to say about like some of the some of the stuff that you get like if I buy something that's Patagonia, I know even though I'm paying more. You mean you mean Patagucci? Patagucci. That's right. <laughs> if I buy something that's Patagucci, I know that I'm going to get a quality product. I don't care if it's a wallet, a hat, a backpack, a sweater, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. I know it's they're overcharging for it. I know that. Also know it's going to be a high quality product. Yes. And you also know that if it's defective, mm-hmm. you can send it back and get another one. Yes. It's no sweat for them at all. No, and it's you're going to have consistency when it comes to everything. Right. Because they're all mass produced. So right. if one thing's wrong on one of them, and it keeps happening over and over and over. They're going to address that problem. Whereas you go with a like a cottage company, you have me sitting there on a sewing machine sewing a backpack together or whatever. Uh, right. You know, UGQ, right. they're making top quilts, under quilts, and stuff. Tarps. So some, yeah, tarps. All, all this stuff. And it's literally people sitting there sewing it. Whereas if it were a factory and it's all machine, then it's kind of hands off, you know? Right. So you could have some people complain about different companies. I won't name names here about like their stitching. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. I know what you're talking about. Where uh, there's there's a danger as a company grows uh-huh. that the quality control is a little less capable of being controlled. Yes, it gets harder and harder yeah. until you reach. I feel like you reach a point 
where it's almost automated. And then once you're there, like Osprey, the reason they don't have stitching issues is they've made whatever, five million backpacks. Right. And if there is an issue and they, they have somebody, they have a, a group of people, I'm sure, that's getting paid to do quality control checks Absolutely. at their factories. Yeah. And you just don't, I don't know. It's, it's well, all it's, complicated. It's, when you're buying from a cottage company, mm-hmm. they aren't making a bunch of backpacks and grabbing one off a shelf and sending it to you. Right. They're making your backpack. Uh, and that's one of the best things about it. That is that is the biggest positive and possibly the biggest negative at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's made uh, for you. Exactly. So so like take UGQ, since we've yeah. been talking about them a little bit. I actually watched my quilt be made. Uh-huh. I ordered I ordered a quilt from them, um, I guess it was a couple of Decembers ago, uh-huh. 2019. And uh, I remember getting online and watching the videos. And I saw when they laid out the fabric. Mm-hmm. And I watched them cut the fabric out. I watched them stitch it, and then I it disappeared for a while. So they have like a live stream. Yeah, they did. I don't know if they're doing. Shop. I don't know if they're doing it at the new place, mm-hmm. but they did it at the old one. And I actually watched the person closing up the stitching wow. on mine, and then I saw it laying out, and I saw a picture of it laying out with a bunch of other quilts. And so it's made specifically for you to your, you know, down to the fabric, the fill, the mm-hmm. colors. Everything is just made exactly how you want it. Yeah. And there's, it's not like they have a backup if that one's defective. Yeah. So if you get it and it's defective, you may have to send it back, but then it goes back to the back of the line. And if, let's say, you know, some of these companies, you're talking two, three, four months wait time. Well, I think it also is going to depend <clears throat> on the company too. Some companies, I don't know what UGQ's policy is on like if they make a mistake and right, they have to return right. it. So I don't know if it necessarily for them goes to the back of the line. Even if it doesn't, though, uh-huh. you're still looking at a couple weeks. Right. So we say you had a plan. I'm, I'm going to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this. And the next week, I'm going to go on a trip. Yeah. Well, it comes in. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. That's not a UGQ thing, typically. I've never had anything to go wrong. <laughs> they with. don't usually sell anything wrong. Um, but It's it, definitely it's a, possible yeah. with any company. Yeah, well, this is with any company. If it did happen, though, mm-hmm. you've got to look at the time to ship it back. Then they have to put it back in the production line. And so somebody's getting booted out of the way so that you can get yours done. Yeah. So somebody's getting irritated here somewhere. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? Somebody's losing money. Yeah. Somebody's in trouble. You yeah. know? And so that that's the greatest positive. And I think it's also the greatest negative of the cottage brands. And that's not that's not a thing against it because honestly, I love like my chicken tramper backpack. Mm-hmm. I love my ULA backpack. I love all my UGQ quilts. Um I love I love all my outdoor vital stuff that I've been getting recently, mm. um, but it's a thing of if it's not mass produced, you you're looking at one wait times, yeah, and those could be really long. Oh yeah, they could be six months. Yeah, <clears throat> two. You're also looking at um, you better have measured yourself correctly because if you didn't measure one. your torso right, you didn't mm-hmm. measure your waist right, your, everything. If you didn't get the right straps. You know, if you don't do all those things the right way, you could get a product that's not going to work for you. And yeah. it's your own fault. Yeah. That's the worst part. And that's, I think that's where the big box brands are great. Like Osprey, Deuter, Kelty, North yeah. Face, Gregory. Um, those backpacks are pretty adjustable. Yeah. They even have a lot of times sliders and that yeah. kind of stuff. I know the Atmos does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so did my Stratus where I could actually move the shoulder straps up and down mm-hmm. to match my torso better. And and those things are fantastic. Yeah, anytime you can move an anchor point, right? Like the 
like outdoor vitals, um, that shadow light backpack, I figured out that you can change the, uh, it's, it's kind of like a workaround, but you can change the anchor point for where you're starting the backpack to lean it towards you. Like the straps, yeah. the load lifter straps, yeah. you can <clears throat> almost, excuse me, change the anchor point for those load lifter straps. And it really made it a lot more comfortable for me. But, right. you know, if you measure wrong, like if you go to REI and you want to buy an Osprey, they'll stick one of those yellow measuring devices around you and it checks your waist and they poke around on your back and see where, you know, the different pieces are supposed to lay and you can get kind of a custom fit. But a lot And of you time, also get to try on multiple backpacks. Yeah, you can put weight in there. Yeah, you can actually put the backpack on and try it on, mm-hmm. which you don't get to do that with a cottage brand. Right. You don't um, get to put those on and try them on. You just kind of have to hope that it's everything you dreamed of. <laughs> uh, yeah, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's their fault. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. Right. But right. It, they can be also locally owned, like we had the Sheltui Hammock Company here. Right. And sometimes you can go in. Like I became friends. YouTube opens up a lot of avenues. Yeah. Especially like whatever your niche is, like mine happens to be backpacking. You make a lot of friends in the backpacking world. You have a lot of common interests. And I become friends with people at UGQ and got to actually go to their shop a few times and hang out and see how things work. Yep. Well, if you have a cottage company that's local to you and you want to support local businesses, it's oftentimes not a big deal to just walk into the lobby of their shop and tell them what you want. Right. So if you have something that's within driving distances of you maybe not necessarily have to order it online well you and your wife are going to be on the kill quest mm-hmm. uh live stream here i think tonight is that tonight uh well it for people listening it's already happened yeah but but i mean you're, you're gonna me, be on it right i think it's thursday oh thursday night okay yeah well you're gonna be on that and they actually went to chicken tramper Oh, and so they got to check out the fabrics and look at everything and order their packs that way from Chicken Tramper, which was really cool. Yeah. So it is a thing. I mean, these companies want you to come. Yeah, it's not like they're hiding from you. That's for sure. But if if you can find a way to get there, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great way to be able to see the gear that you're wanting to buy. I know for us, um, our packs that we got from Chicken Tramper was a thank you for being on the podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they they hooked us up. It was, and we never did the podcast anticipating that ever. Like no, we just really, we just thought just hanging out. They had a, a good cool time. story. Yeah, they had a cool story. And it was like we want to tell the story, and then they hooked us up with these really cool backpacks. And dude, it's my favorite backpack right now. It, it's so much easier to think outside the box whenever you have complete creative freedom, right? When it comes to your gear, and we talked right. a lot about backpacks, Chicken Tramper, their frame, they. Th- who would ever thought of this? Of course, one of them's an engineer. A 3D printed anchor point in four different spots and then cutting off carbon fiber arrows. Yeah, just the using shaft. the arrow shafts. Yeah. And I, there was, uh, we had a couple of people over at the house, you know, we were playing games and stuff and went into the gear closet to grab something and uh, one of the people there is like, what's what's the deal with that, that backpack? Of course, they don't backpack or anything. Right. And, uh, you know, I was moving it around or something. I showed them the the frame, and they're like, "Why is it? Why is it camo?" And I was like, "Why is what camo?" And they're like, "Why is Why is the frame inside that camo?" And I was like, "Well, 
it, all it really is is an arrow shaft. And their mind was like, you know, blown. Yeah. They're like, who would ever, any backpack that you've put on, typically if it's like school style, it doesn't have a frame. Right. Right. But then you get into the backpacking and then if it's framed, they they have a, a lot of times a very rigid structure to them. Yeah. But you can think outside the box. You can do it however you well, want. My ULA Ohm 2.0, which mm-hmm. I still think is one of the greatest backpacks ever made. I love that backpack. I put probably 1,200 miles on that backpack. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's got an aluminum frame, but it's just a simple like U-shape. And it just slides right down into some some slats on either side of the backpack. You can take them out, leave them in, whatever you want to do. Wow. And it just goes in and out very easily. And it gives great support for your back. It does a fantastic job of, of supporting you. And uh, like I said, I use that backpack for the whole Shell Toey Trace. I mean, I use that backpack only from 2018 until, I guess, January of this year. Wow. Multiple, multiple years. Yeah. So it was a, it was a great backpack and um, used it in a bunch of different states, different trips. Um, love the backpack. It's, it's an awesome backpack. I beat it up pretty bad. I mean, it's kind of gross looking now. It's like the white is kind of yellowed a little and, uh, but it's a great backpack, you know? And I think that's, I think the, the really cool thing about cottage companies is I think, I think your big box brands are very much, let's get as much into this backpack as we can. Mm -hmm. So people can have as many options as possible, Mm -hmm. but also, uh, as generic fitting as possible. So So it can be adjusted. Yeah. I think the cottage brand is let's get a backpack that is customizable. Mm -hmm. Let's get a backpack that is designed to fit that person only. And let's make it as minimal as possible so that we're not adding weight that's unnecessary to the pack. Yeah. Because people who are buying these cottage brand packs aren't buying them all the time because of wanting extra pockets and all this. They're wanting to cut weight. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that it's hard to find a big box brand, uh, backpack that is ultra light mm-hmm. that is made well like i think osprey has the levity i think is the name of the pack but i've talked to a few people that have owned that pack and that one is a little iffy on the durability end I now think- it does have the osprey warranty but the fabric is so thin uh-huh. that it it's it's a really thin grid stop i believe i don't think it's like a, a dyneme or anything like that it's a really thin grid stop so it's it's just very easy to tear, poke holes in, rip, that kind of thing. Whereas you get an X-Pack backpack that weighs sub two pounds, you know, compared to an Osprey pack that weighs upwards of four and a half to five pounds. Mm-hmm. And that that's a huge difference for backpacking. But it's not like, uh, I mean, what you're saying is right, but I think of the market of the companies, though. Like mm-hmm. a, a big box company is marketing to... Oftentimes, new, and when it comes to new, new people, um, speaking from personal experience, me, like everything I bought, I'm like, okay, well, it has to be within this budget. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't have, if you want a camp chair, and you don't have $120 to spend on a one-pound right. camp chair, you're going to buy the... Three-pound camp chair. Yeah, for 50 bucks or whatever. Right. And your sleeping bag, same thing. You know, you're not going to get 900 filled down on your first sleeping bag, well, probably. And that's what I'm saying about the cottage brand. It just won't fit. Yeah, it that, won't fit in those little... Yeah. Well, that's my point. Is like the cottage brand companies, 
you're typically people who are buying those are wanting something that's ultra light. Mm-hmm. They want something that's lightweight because they want to do miles and they don't want to have the extra weight on the back. Mm. Or they have their gear dialed in and they don't need 50,000 organizers to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's yeah. people who love organization, love big box brand. They love the pockets. Mm-hmm. I have several friends. Rob Pelton loves his REI backpack, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's great. You know, that's, that's cool. That's what he loves because that he's found what works. Right. And I think we, we jokingly say hike your own hike a lot. Yeah. That's kind of a, we all agree with it, but at the same time, it's all kind of funny when mm-hmm. we bring it up a lot of times in the backpacking world. Yeah. Um, but it's true. Like hike your own hike. If, if, if you like the big box backpacks, that's great. But if you're somebody who like me, I don't want 50 different pockets. I don't want the membrane on the top with the extra stuff in it. I just mm-hmm. want a big open sack that I can shove a bunch of stuff down into where I know where it's at, close up the top, and it's not going to weigh a lot. Yeah. That's, and- that's really all I want. I want a big back pocket, or I guess technically a front pocket. I've never, okay, explain this to me. Yeah. Why, on a backpack, if the backpack is behind you and uh-huh. the furthest thing behind you is a pocket, but they call it the front pocket? I've never understood that. Like, is that the front pocket? That's what they call it. That's what everybody, they call it the front pocket, but I don't get it because it's the furthest thing behind you. So it's the back to me because I said it was a back pocket one time mm-hmm. and I got reprimanded by several people. No, that's the front pocket, <laughs> but it's in the back. I just caught typically the mesh. It's almost always mesh for some reason. But like, do you see the uh, zipper on yes. your pack? Yes, I love that. Oh, that's a genius idea. Yeah, the Waymark Mile. You want to tell uh, everybody? Yeah, it's just it's a new backpack. Well, it's not a new backpack. It's a redesigned backpack. Yeah. It's an ultralight 28 liter, I think, max 28 liter. It's comfortably 26, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, backpack that, that Waymark makes. It's sub two pounds. Um, what I like about it, is uh, it's it's got this little zipper thing right above the mesh pocket, Genius. and it's just a waterproof zipper. Um, the stitching around it isn't waterproof though; it's not taped. Yeah, like if it was taped, it would actually be waterproof. I think it's made to be more water resistant than waterproof. Yeah, any zipper, it's hard to. Yeah, but uh, water. but it's a great place you can put your wallet, you know, keys for your car, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. Stuff you don't want like snacks. It's just a great place to put some stuff that you're just trying to keep out of the way. Um. But the pack is great. I mean, it's it's my day pack right now. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not even a question. That is my day pack. Did you like, watch Miyagi's every video? Trip. Yes, I watched his video. But I was with him whenever he was. Uh, well, I'm it. in his video. Oh, I need to watch it. Yeah, because I he he talked about it from the standpoint of uh, for those who don't know Miyagi on the trail. Good friend of ours, Brad. Yeah, great guy. He's got a YouTube um, channel. Yeah, Miyagi on the trail, fantastic channel. Mm. Um, probably one of the most underrated channels of the backpacking channels out there. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he doesn't have 15,000 subscribers to that channel. Like it He'll blows there. It blows my mind, but he, he and I tag teamed on a video uh-huh. and it's, it's on his channel and, uh, it's, it's about the, the way Mark mile. And he yeah, talks about it from the pack. standpoint. Yeah. It, he talks about it from the backpacking standpoint. Cause he yeah. used it when you guys went up and did the long trail. Yeah. My, we weighed our backpacks right at the beginning of the trip, right before we stepped on trail. He's like, all right, everybody take the water out of your backpacks. Everybody hook it on here. And his was like so light for a three-day trip. It was like 12 pounds or something, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. Yeah. And what? how many liters you say that pack is? It's like 28 packed out. So so he's 
So he used it, I, and I talked about it being a day pack. Mm-hmm. And so I use it. I I use it as a diaper bag. <laughs> Seriously, like I use it as a diaper bag one yeah. day because um, it's lighter than my wife's actual diaper bag. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. I must be allergic to, to you right now. Um, it's not COVID. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it was, um, I've used it as a diaper bag, a day pack. I use it as an everyday carry pack. Mm-hmm. I put my computer in it one day and, and took it to work. Uh, I'm thinking maybe this weekend when I go on a, on a little overnight trip, I may try and use it as my backpack. Try it. He but I'm bringing like five steaks with me, so I don't know if that's going to uh. be possible. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know. I have to figure that out. I got to find out if I'm if I'm bringing a steak for one Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, as well. I don't know if he's going to be there or not. But I think he'll be there. There's three other guys that are going to be there. Yeah, Mark from Marco's hiking, uh, Brad from as a crow flies hiking, and Doug from uh, backcountry backcountry pilgrim. pilgrim. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the three of those guys are going to be out there, and uh, I told him I'd bring them all some Kentucky steaks. You know, because that's what that's how we roll in this, be, in this place. I'd be impressed if you can fit that in there. Because yeah. Miyagi, he's he's like doing minimal everything. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is can I pull up? If here's the thing, it's going to be 89 degrees, so I am not bringing a puffy jacket. Yeah, I'm not even bringing a long sleeve shirt. You bring an underquilt. I bring I, like a I'll really warm. Probably warm bring weather. an underquilt. I'll probably bring. I've got a Costco quilt uh-huh. that's really small and light. It's just like a three quarter mm-hmm. quilt. I might bring that with me. And then I've got the uh, Aegis Max, so I could bring that. And that yeah, gets down about the size of a water bottle. Mm-hmm. So I could take that with me. Um, I'm not going to bring a whole lot of clothes. It's just a one day. I mean, the hike in is like two and a half miles, maybe three miles. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to bring extra clothes. I'm yeah. just I might bring an extra shirt to wear that night because I'll probably sweat on the mm-hmm. hike in just because it's going to be 89 degrees. Yeah, and I'm probably going to get there in the afternoon. So. It'll be the hottest part of the day that I'll be doing it. Yeah. So by the time I get there, I'll be all red faced and sweating from head to toe. But uh, other than that, I don't see myself bringing extra clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, not even bringing a ton of food. I was bringing dinner for that night. I may just bring like a. I've got these keto granola bar things. I may just have one of those for breakfast and just hike out. Yeah. So I'll probably bring enough water that I don't need to reload water. So it's just yeah. gonna be a quick for me. It's just a quick overnight to go say hi to the guys and bring them some food. Yeah, you, you know. can. You can do that pretty minimally. You might be able to get away with it. I'm thinking I can. I'm thinking I can. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I think I think that's the difference between the cottage company and the big boxes. The cottage company really lends itself toward the ultralight community mm. more so than the average backpacker. Yeah. I don't even know if it's on purpose. I mean, sometimes it definitely is because they're really marketing. But, I mean, from a business standpoint, the ultralight community is a minority. Mm-hmm. So... That may be one of the reasons why Osprey is worth however many millions of dollars. Well, I think I think what what happens, and and this is just me talking out loud, you know, and I don't know these companies. Yeah, we yet. don't have anything rehearsed. I, it's no, I, there's no plan, so I don't know the next thing that's going to come out of my mouth. I am not speaking on behalf of any ultralight backpacking <laughs> company. <laughs> um, but what I want, but what my thing is, this is a door into the community, mm-hmm. you know. So like. If you if you take ULA for instance, they have some heavier big backpacks. Mm-hmm. They do, um, but it seems like the ultra community is still big. Mm-hmm. Like we're saying, it's a small part of the backpacking community, but still big. I mean, there's a lot of ultra light backpackers, sure. thousands of them. Yeah, you climbers know? too. Oh I yeah, mean, it, yeah, it transcends just yeah. backpacking. So if you can get into that community and start building a brand. Mm-hmm then you can step out of that community a little bit and maybe start expanding. 
Yeah. You know, there's no telling how some of these companies start and what they were doing first. You know, when you look at UGQ, it was just Paul. Yeah. And Paul wanted to make some gear for himself. Yeah, working at his house. And some buddies saw his gear and was like, where'd you get that? He goes, I made it. He goes, will you make me some? Yeah. It started with him just making gear for his friends. Yeah. You know, there's no telling. Like, you look, you look at Chicken Tramper. He, he actually went on the PCT, hiked uh-huh. it, and took a notebook. And then took notes of people from people on the trail. What, what would be your favorite backpack? Yeah, that's purposeful. That's purpose. Yeah, he was. He wanted. He specifically wanted to make a backpack for long trail hikers. Mm-hmm. That's who he was making it for. So it needed to be lightweight. It needed to have the options that they wanted, and it needed to be as minimal as possible at the same time. Yeah. And so that's where the chicken tramper backpack came from, you know. And and, and Z packs, it was the owner. He was just making his own gear. Yeah. And while every and it was before ultralight was a thing. And so, like, he's hiking the Appalachian Trail with this backpack that weighs next to nothing. He's looking. Everybody else has got these huge, massive backpacks, and they're all looking at him like, "What are you carrying?" Yeah. And so he got free exposure on the most traveled trail in America. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth. Yeah, and then the word of mouth begins to spread, and all of a sudden, a few people are like, "Well, can can I order one?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So he starts selling them, and before too long, he's got this huge company called Z Packs. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with doing it either way. Right. I think it's just a matter of of you build your company and then as you grow, you expand. I think Outdoor Vitals, you look at what they did originally and what they're doing now. Mm. Um, I think the area where Outdoor Vitals is really succeeding right now is in clothing. They are killing it on the clothing end. I've got a pair of their clothing. They got these Satu pants that are ridiculous. I love them. (laughs) They've also got this like Dragon's Wool hoodie, Mm. which I've taken on like, 15 trips. Wow. And it is awesome. Like the hoodie is awesome. Like when we, yeah. when we talk to Tayson, uh-huh. I'm totally going to give him props for that. Cause that <laughs> is a sick. So is sick even a cool word anymore. I'm 47. So I don't even know what's, a, I, I don't even sick. know. I don't know if that's a word people use nowadays. That's appropriate. Jeremiah. Is it appropriate? Yeah. Ironic since you're sneezing. I was sneezing just a second ago. It's not COVID. Um, <laughs> just want to make sure, you know, that y'all know that. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think as companies grow, they expand like what they can make mm-hmm. and they'll have more financial resources. They'll have more uh, connections within the industry to, to get a hold of fabrics and manufacturers and things like that. Um, so I think it's really interesting watching the cottage companies that you and I know personally mm-hmm. and seeing where they are now and wondering like five, six, seven years from now, where are they going to be? Yeah. What are they going to be making? Yeah. And like, I think to me, that's the, that is actually the most fun part about being a part of a, of a, I call it a movement, like the cottage movement in mm-hmm. backpacking. Garage Grown Gear. What a great company. Their whole goal is to get cottage brands. Yeah. That's Some a great platform. Stuff, yeah. To me, getting the opportunity to help these companies live out their dreams mm-hmm. is awesome. It's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's a that's a great way to end it. I, I think so. Well, I, I also see it as as a, as a couple of guys who decided to do a podcast out of nowhere. And if we didn't have such amazing people listening to this podcast, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be growing. Yeah, I agree. Same thing with the company. Yeah, if they didn't have people who were just really bought into what they were selling, mm-hmm. nobody would want to buy it. Yeah, you also have to produce a good product. Yeah, hopefully so we can do that too. Let me ask you: if you were to lean one way or the other, are you? Mm-hmm. If you can, if you had two products sitting in front of you right now, mm-hmm. one was cottage and one was big box, mm-hmm. would you lean one way or the other? 
I think it would have to depend on the trip. Like if it's winter time, then I'm going to take that Osprey because I know I need, I need to be able to carry 30 pounds and be comfortable, even though it's more weight on your body. But if I'm going and doing something like you're talking about for the weekend, that one night, frameless. Every time. Frameless, cottage, one pound, 14 ounce backpack, as light as I can go, be super comfortable. Yeah, I when I went up to uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. I intentionally got on Garage Grown Gear, and I bought a crap ton of stuff. <sighs> I really, I'm not even kidding you. I grabbed a crap ton of stuff because I was just like, I just want to have a bunch of stuff that is made by people that just have a dream. Yeah, and so like for me, I think um, my my own 2.0, I can use that winter backpacking, no problem. It yeah. can carry 35 pounds, and I don't stress about it. Um, I don't know about the chicken tramper yet. I've never put that much weight in it. Yeah. But I know for a fact I can with the OM 2.0. Yeah, I put 30 pounds in the chicken tramper. Yeah, I, I know I can do it. I'm not worried about it. I don't stress about it. Um, the the different clothing options you can have. I've got a sweatshirt coming in. Not a sweatshirt. I guess it's just a hoodie. But it's uh, it's coming from Senchi Designs. I don't know about Senchi Exactly. Designs. Hardly anybody does. Yeah. But I'm getting, I've got a sweatshirt coming in or a hoodie coming in like a week or two from them. Uh-huh. And I can't wait to get that thing on and try it out. It's it's It weighs like five ounces. Wow. So let's let's mention that, uh, I mean, you already said garage grown gear, but for those that don't know, if you're curious about supporting cottage companies and, you know, you're like, well, where do I even find them? Right, right. That's a great platform because their mission is to help other companies. Yeah. Right? So they they give them a platform on garagegrowngear.com to sell uh, for cottage companies to basically sell their products like six moons designs, you know, you could go to their website, but if you never heard of them, how would you even know to look exactly, up their website? Yeah. But if you go to garage grown gear, you know, you, there's like a feed of different companies that, you know, you can check out their products. And it just gives you an opportunity to kind of open, open the world a little bit for you on what's, what's available. Mm-hmm. Cause some of the stuff these cottage companies are making, they're not being made by your big box brands. Yeah. And so it's a really cool thing. And if, if you're listening right now, go check out Garage Grown Gear. It's a fantastic, fantastic company. The website's real simple, garagegrowngear.com. Um, that's all you need to know. And it's it's fantastic. They make they they really are doing a good job of of supporting these new companies. I feel that we don't have a sponsor for this episode, no. but I feel like we could have a, a hundred of them. Oh, we could. Yeah, they're all loving us right now. They're all going, dude. We all got talked about today, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I, and I will I will say this point blank for me, anyways. I want these companies to get exposure, uh-huh. and they can't afford sponsorships. A lot of them, they yeah. just can't afford. It. I mean, they're literally working on a shoestring budget. Yeah, like. They're working a full-time job. Yeah, they work a regular job and then come home at night and make gear. Mm. That's a lot of these companies. And so uh, for me personally, I, I will always lean towards the cottage company. Mm-hmm. Um, clothing, some some parts of clothing I won't um, because I, like things like socks. I'm going in gingy, folks. It's not. It's the only sock that I don't blister on, and I don't care who you are. You can be the... You better give me the socks for free if you want me to check them out if they're not in Gingy's. That's all I'm saying because at this point, I'm an in Gingy person. You bought into but, uh, Oh, I'm in. I'm in 100%. Good socks. Um, but, you know, I think there's certain things that if there's a choice between a cottage company and a big box brand, I'm probably going to go cottage. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just because 
I'm big with the underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a Cleveland Browns fan my whole life. That alone should tell you how much of an underdog fan I am. Big time underdog. Big time underdog until this year. We're Super Bowl like contenders this year. You just yeah. watch next year be... underdog. No, this year, this year, bro. We're it's we just we just won eleven games this year. We went to the playoffs. We destroyed Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Has nothing to do with backpacking, by the way. But uh, I love underdogs, and so I always want to see uh, the cottage company do well. Yeah, and then you want them to get destroyed once they're big. No, no, no. That de- doesn't that de- doesn't that defeat the whole underdog notion? No, it just because then, about... then we celebrate when they get big. Yeah, then, I I still buy Osprey stuff. Yeah, yeah, I still you can, buy Osprey stuff. I still not, buy stuff from other companies. It's just if I if I'm going to choose between two, mm-hmm. I'll just I lean towards the cottage company. Yeah, I I do both, but they're not yeah. mutually exclusive. You can no. use both. I use yeah. both every trip. Every trip. Yeah, every, every time. trip. I've got I've got. Here's the thing, I say that, but I have more outdoor research clothing mm-hmm. than anybody. Like. Outdoor Research, I love that company. I've never tried one single thing. One time I found one of their hats. Yeah. It was like um, left on either the Long Trail or the, yeah, I think it was the Long Trail. or It may have been the AT. I don't remember. Anyway, I found it. Yeah. And uh, I had a hat on. And I was like, man, that's one of those uh, Outdoor Research, like it's a different fabric. Like this is what Trucker had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And theirs is like, I don't know, they're made for outdoors, you know? Right. And I tried it on and it did not fit my head at all. It wasn't that it was a uh Well you've always had a big head, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that it was the wrong size. Right. It's just like it was too deep. Like, oh, I got you. I don't know. I guess my head didn't fill it out enough. That's but it shocking. Down. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my ears my ears will get a little sore if my hat oh, yeah, stays I believe rubbing it. Yeah, against yeah. it. Yeah, so it you actually don't have a big head. You're one of the most humble guys I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> that's just okay. giving you a hard time. But that's the only time I've even really touched any of their products. When I went up to my trip to Michigan a few months ago, uh-huh. I literally had an Outdoor Vitals hat. Outdoor Research sun, or Outdoor, outdoor Research? Vitals? Sorry, Outdoor Research hat, sun hoodie, pants, sun gloves. The whole time. Wore them all. I totally fanboy for outdoor research. So I love, I do love my cottage companies, but I also love the big box brands as well. Mm. Um, I, I, you can't beat good quality. Sure. Good quality is good quality, regardless of whether it comes from one or the other. But I, I will say that on pieces of gear, like backpacks, quilts, things like that, I'm pretty much cottage all the way. But, uh, on clothing, I wouldn't even say I'm big box. I'll just say I'm outdoor vitals pretty much or outdoor research for almost all my clothing. I'll try any of it, man. Yeah. And if it's good, good with me. Are you that guy? Like when you go to restaurants, you try something different every single time. Mm, a lot of times I'll ask the white staff. Yeah. I'll be like, what, what's the best thing here? Yeah. But yeah. When you, when you go, when you go to a restaurant though, multiple times, do you uh-huh. have one thing that you get and you love it and you keep going back to it? No, I like trying different stuff. See, I see that. I totally see that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm one of those people. Like I'll try everything, and then once I found the one I like, that's it. I'm done. Like I'll try. Like say there's like they have five items on their menu that uh-huh. everybody like raves about. Over the course of like four or five times going there, I will try all those different things. Uh-huh. But then once I figure out which one I like the best, well, those other things are okay. Variety. I want. I want that. Variety's a spice of life. Variety is. But I've tried it. Yeah, I try it all. But once I find the one I love, I'm there. 
And so, like, over the last several years, I've tried a lot of different brands of clothing. Patagonia hiking pants, um, the Outdoor Vital Satu pants, I think they're great. Yeah. But, dude, these ones I got from Outdoor Research, I'm just saying it. Game changer. Game changer. For you, they might not fit me, though. Well, they, they shouldn't fit you. I'm way bigger on the midsection than you are and have <laughs> no. shorter legs by a long shot. No, no way they're going to fit you. Yeah, but they, they might not be, even in my size, <laughs> a good fit, you know? Yeah. The rise might be wrong yeah, on them you, for me. You, you never know. You never know. Yeah, but, but I'll uh, try them. But like I said, I think, I think both, you need both. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think the backpacking world's good without both. Yeah. So, but I think for me, I, I definitely, on backpacks and quilts, I will definitely lean cottage company every time that's just me personally yeah so but hey you got anything else you want to share with us today or are we gonna go ahead and sign off and let people get back to their normal lives i'm hungry let's let's go get some of that variety food Ooh, i like getting some variety food well for myself and mr jeremiah stringer thank you for listening to the podcast we'll catch you on the next one adios <laughs>